Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this interview, I talked to John Murphy, who is here for an update. He's into high-ticket drop shipping and e-commerce, which uh, it's kind of redundant to mention them both. I interviewed him back in late 2019, like November-ish of 2019, back in Doug Show number 90. He was making about $100,000 per month with that being the top line revenue. So he still had expenses and to pay for the goods and he was still making great money, but 100K per month is top line revenue. So you got to keep that in mind. Anyway, he's grown the business tremendously. And the cool thing is he was using long tail keyword research to get traffic to his dropshipping site versus the typical dropshipping model where they run ads. They usually run ads on Google or Facebook or some other ad platform, but those are kind of the two primary areas as far as I know. And he was unable to run those ads. He was, the products are not eligible for such ads as far as I know. So he was trying to figure out how to get traffic. So he went with a normal SEO model and publishing content. So he grew the business uh, to an extent which he was kind of surprised and now he's reached record revenue in August of 2020. He reached 500,000 per month. I'll repeat it again. That's half a million dollars per month in the top line revenue. I'm not sure the margins that he is running, but if you do some research, you may find some dropshippers are making like 10 to 20% uh, a margin there. So that's their profit. And anyway, the point is he's making a lot of money he shares some sort of unconventional methods that he's trying. He's using a lot of ideas that we have, not just the organic traffic, but he's using ideas that people use in the affiliate marketing and you know, general uh, content publishers out there online to get traffic to his e-commerce site. Whenever you combine different ideas from different disciplines, you usually end up with some kind of cool combination and some hopefully great results. They don't all work out. And I know John's trying some different stuff where he's right at the beginning of testing things out and he's not sure what's going to happen. So we get into all the details. We talk about how he started an affiliate site to drive traffic to his e-commerce site. He purchased an e-commerce site that was sort of underutilized underperforming and he's trying to use that as part of the funnel and business model. And he's also pulled on affiliates. So we get into tons of gory, uh, deep in the weeds details here. And I am recording this intro in the evening and I'm having a beer. So cheers, John. Hopefully sometime in the future, we'll be able to connect and actually have a beer. I know you listen to the podcast and I do appreciate it. Without further ado, Let's hear from John Murphy, who's crushing it with drop shipping. Cheers. John, welcome. Thanks a lot for joining me. How's it going today? Thanks, Doug. Good, good. Nice to talk to you again. All right. So good to catch up. You gave me this amazing update just via email a few months ago where you hit 100K in a month. And I was like, man, that's fantastic really great. And then things have just been exploding. So 
can you give us just a little bit more detail on uh, just the growth and, and what's been going on as far as traffic and sales and stuff like that? Just a broad, high-level summary. Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, when when I was hitting 100k a month, I was I, I thought you know that was that was pretty much as as far as it can go, and I was really happy with that. And I was just thinking of maybe I can do a few other things just so it doesn't go away in the down months. I can try to keep the average. But the more I did, uh, the more traffic came in and the conversion rate increased a little bit as well just because of the things we were doing on the website and sales kept coming in. And then each month was just getting like in March, uh, I think February was a lower month. It was like 63K, 68K. And then since March, every month since March has been bigger and bigger and bigger. And then with August uh, hitting half a million in revenue, um, which is mind boggling really congratulations that certainly wasn't expecting something like that so it's uh yeah it's great this is very very amazing and i know when we first hooked up you hired me for a coaching session because you needed Mm. some help with organic traffic can you take us back a little bit to you know that coaching session what was going on why did you hire me back then yeah so um i was um so i was trying the traditional e-commerce strategy you you know you have a bunch of products on the website and you put some money into google ads or facebook ads and the traffic comes in and some of them buy and that's great and it's pretty easy in the sense that if you do it properly you run paid traffic you're just basically bringing people to the door and a small percentage will buy but um, the products that i sell are not allowed you're not allowed to run ads for those products so um, i needed to find a way to get free traffic basically and i'd already been doing some blogging and I'd, but it didn't really have a purpose i was putting content out because uh because you know the manual says you have to produce content and often um but without a, without much of a strategy and I, it was very hit and miss like one one blog would do well and the other nine wouldn't and i couldn't really understand why so that's why i came knocking and i was asking you for help you know just to teach me some of your some of your secrets and that's when we got into the so the <clears throat> we had like a pillar piece which was already doing okay and then just a bunch of other stuff that didn't even didn't even rank um so you taught me some of the more how to internally link and create like a silo for example with a pillar piece and then a bunch of secondary posts with the long tail keywords that were easy to rank for and um and once i started doing that not only did the pillar piece really get established in position one, the other blog posts were ranking as well. Um, so it was just a, an accumulation of traffic. Um, and now my organic sales are, are much higher than they were when we last spoke. So <laughs> it's great. To say the least. And remind me and maybe validate me. Did you use the keyword golden ratio or was it just a more broad uh, long tail keyword approach? So I used the golden, the, the KGR. KGR, um, however, the let's say the the numbers in the like the the strict KGR that you explain in, in the YouTube videos as well you have out, um, I couldn't get any any of the keywords to fit in those margins, so I, I just went a little bit broader. But I also had a very good idea um, of keywords in general as well. So when it didn't fit, I figured maybe I'll just write the content anyway. Uh, better to have extra content than not 
produce content because it didn't you know fit inside the square the square box if you know what i mean um so it was hard to get keywords to fit in the i was like 0.25 or uh, i remember, remember what the value was but there just wasn't enough keywords to fit so i just sort of extended the the boundaries a little bit just to fit more keywords in and, and there there was more choice then but i also had like uh, lots of faqs and customer emails to also use as a resource about what are people looking for what are people asking about so that that helps as well so it was a it was a combination of sources for the for content ideas awesome and your site wasn't brand new at that point it had been around for a little while right it had been around for yeah over 2 years yeah. Okay. And that's a key distinction. I think the KGR is, uh, it's great to follow it strictly when you're first getting started with a brand new site. But once you have an established site, I mean, two years old, you're out of the sandbox, you have content, mm -hmm. you were getting traffic, you can play around with the boundaries and go a little further, see what happens and keep doing what's working. So obviously you, <laughs> you did what was working and some people may be thinking, hey, John is probably uh, a marketing expert. He probably had years of experience doing digital marketing before he's, you know, exploded uh, his business there. But what's your background for the folks that didn't catch that first episode? Um, well, I, I, I used to work for General Electric. Um, you used to work in Excel. I used to do like uh, accounts receivables. That sort of stuff, like really, really boring, like uh, balances and like finance, finance, okay. but not without any sort of accounting degree. I just did finance just because, you know, you could um, so no qualifications. <laughs> yeah, I can, but and not even very well. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't a great employee. <laughs> okay. So you, I take it you were, you know, re you read the four hour work week and you were thinking, Hey, there must be some better path that I can choose. Or what, is that exactly what it was or some other influence? That's, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the thing is my, uh, so my wife has a higher career, uh, job than, than I do. So when my wife has an opportunity to move, we have that conversation and then we just, and then we'll relocate if it makes sense. So I would change job every time we change city. So I always was doing a job, but it wasn't a career. Uh, and so I certainly wasn't attached to it. Uh, so I figured if I could find a way to make money remotely, it doesn't matter where I am because it's remote. And that meant on, on the internet. So I, I figured there, there must be a way. And then I read the four hour work week and then I thought, ah, maybe there is a way. And that got me into the whole concept of selling stuff online that, you know, that's not even like drop shipping. Sure. That's how I started, went down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos about drop shipping and all of those uh, get rich quick uh, videos and stuff. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there, but yeah, I found one that works. Cool. Along those lines, do you have any uh, sort of failure stories from the beginning? Um, yes. <laughs> so when, when I started going down the rabbit hole of YouTube, um, dropshipping seemed to be, uh, I think the most tempting thing to do because, you know, you can build a website in, in, in a weekend and you can source products. Uh, and I tried, I tried some form of dropshipping, which is turns out probably not the best way to do things. And it's uh, basically dropshipping using AliExpress from China. So it's cheap products shipped from China using the e-packet. And I realized within about three or four weeks that that really wasn't going to be, uh, it wasn't it wasn't going to be feasible, a profitable process. And then I started looking a bit further into other forms of drop shipping. Okay. So this is a, my second store. 
Okay. And I take it is the barrier to entry is so low and you're not really adding any value with the AliExpress dropshipping model. Is that one of the main issues? Yeah, I mean, the, well, the thing is, you're selling stuff that you have no control about the quality of the products. Um, you basically, you hook up a, a software like an app to the Shopify store, and you automatically import a bunch of products that are available on AliExpress, and then you just increase the, the retail price on your website to whatever you like. And then when somebody buys from you, you uh, the system then orders it from AliExpress. But... Since AliExpress sells to end customers, the final the final customer, uh, if I buy from AliExpress to sell to you, you buy from my website, it comes from AliExpress. I bought it from AliExpress. So I'm, I'm the owner. I'm just having it shipped to your house. So if it takes four weeks to get there and you're like, screw this, cancel my order, it, you're getting it anyway. Okay, so it's, it's on its way. There's, I have no control over it because... I don't have any like business arrangement with AliExpress for returns or anything like restocking or anything. So I own it. I just shipped it to you. Uh, and you've, so there's, there's a lot of cancellations and, and again, you don't have any, you, you've never seen the products, you don't touch the products, you don't know what the quality is like. And so the, the you know, the whole experience isn't great for the customer. Um, so it's really not a good business and it's not a business because you don't have to have a business license to order stuff from China. You're just buying stuff online like as if you would in on Amazon and you're just shipping it to somebody else. So it's not even a sellable asset then, even if you do make it work. So there are lots of cons. Gotcha. Okay. So let's talk about some of the strategies that help you grow the site so rapidly and kind of on a, a different magnitude almost. So you mentioned a few sort of normal things that you were doing. You're publishing blog posts, you're going after long tail keywords, which in the affiliate world, like that's sort of our model. But for a lot of drop shippers, they typically just pay for traffic, run ads, mm -hmm. make sure they're making the margin they need to, and then they can accelerate by buying more ads, pushing more traffic. So let's get into some of the more unconventional things that you're getting into. So I'll just uh, leave it open and let you tell us about that. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, um, some of the things I was trying to do is um, obviously rank the content on page one, but um, I noticed that there were also a lot of other affiliate marketers, sort of like, you know, the, like the students in your course, they're all competing for page one as well, and they're directing traffic to Amazon or some other, like, um, like a manufacturer's website um, for, for referrals. And... I figured I got to a point where I was thinking if I can't beat them, join them. Okay. Um, so what I would do is I would go through uh, the top 10 results on Google for like a given search term and everywhere I found an affiliate website that was linking somewhere or just blogging about, about their products. I would, I would just reach out to them and say, Hey, you know, I've, I've got this affiliate program. You can get a percentage if you refer traffic to me. Um, and uh, some of some of those guys did, did actually sign up and it turns out to be a really good deal for everybody because i sell four five thousand six thousand dollar products and when somebody visits my blog post on and it's in position one sometimes that's enough to convert people because you know it's good content and it's very informative and people are doing their research and if they've made a decision they'll pull the trigger and they you know i made a sale 
or with free traffic. But what happens is when somebody's re reviewing like a $5,000 product, they don't just go to the first blog. They'll maybe go to the first five or as many as they can find. So what happens is they'll go to an affiliate website that's reviewing uh, the products and maybe they're in position two or position three and they'll see the same products reviewed more or less in the same way and probably ranked in the same way, getting the same information, affirming what they saw on my blog and then they'll go, oh, okay, so it's re it's confirming what they taught. So then they'll come back and they're more likely to make the purchase with me uh, just because they've got the confirmation elsewhere. It's from an unbiased website, let's say. And maybe they'll do that three or four times. But if I have the affiliate websites that are in position two, three, four, five, and six, I'm hedging my bets. And the customer is getting the confirmation that the products that I'm recommending are good since I'm the seller and I can't be trusted to a certain extent, I guess. I'm a bit biased. So even if the customer was probably going to buy, the affiliate will still get a commission because they helped in the customer's journey of researching and reviewing. And it increases the chances of me making this sale because if position two, three, four, and five are all referring to this to my store, I own a lot of the real estate on, on page one, which um, which helps a lot in terms of traffic. And uh, so even if I refer every second sale goes to get a, as a referral, I'm fine with that because I probably wouldn't have made as many sales. I wouldn't have made that many sales. Awesome. Yeah. And it's a great, obviously it's a marketing tool like by definition, but you're mm -hmm. also getting the brand name out. So even if the person maybe doesn't convert that day or that week, they're still thinking, oh, wow, that brand is all over the place. I need to pay attention to that. So yeah, can you share the affiliate program details, like the percentage that you pay and sort of the uh, the cookie length, any other details, yeah. how many sales you're, you're pushing via affiliates? So um, I use an, uh, Shopify has an app called Affiliately. Um, I'm not sure if it's only for Shopify, but that's what the standard is in Shopify. A lot of a lot of people use it because it's very easy to use. Um, there's a dashboard, and anybody that signs up has access to their personal dashboard, so they have like full visibility of the, the amount of visitors they generated, how many how many sales and referrals. And I offer five percent commission. I offer five percent because I'm I drop ship them, so my my margins can be like fifteen percent, and then I'll offer free shipping, and so. I don't have a huge margin. So, but at 5% on a $5,000 product, you know, if you sell one, that's like a $250 commission, which uh, you wouldn't normally get something like that on, on Amazon, for example. And, and recently Amazon slashed their commissions. So I was able to gain more affiliates recently when I was saying, since Amazon now is offering, I don't know, it was like two and a half or 3%, um, I'm offering five. And I offer a 30-day cookie. So it's a big window. So there's a plenty of time for people to research and then buy 30 days later or 29 days later, whatever. So it's a big enough window, I think. I'm not sure what Amazon's cookie window is. It's 24 hours for like a standard uh, cookie. So yeah, I mean, okay. anything more than a day is a huge win. And with a product as expensive as that, people should and probably do research for a month or more. I mean, it's a, it's mm. a pretty big investment. So that's pretty cool. Any other details with the affiliate program or observations? 
Um, well, what I've noticed is that um, I have a lot of affiliates registered, but there are only maybe three or four good performers. I think I paid out about four thousand dollars in commissions last month among them, which is a it's a bunch of referrals. I suppose I maybe it might have been fifty. Oh, maybe maybe it was like close to 40 referrals last month, something like that, which I think I made about 150 sales. So maybe about one third of them were referred, which means it's working and it's good. So that's all free traffic for me, even though if I pay out the commission, but it's all, you know, um, it's just part of the course. So what I am planning on doing now is I'm trying to attract um, bigger affiliate websites or in, in addition to like individual people having an affiliate website just because I'm trying to scale up and get a lot more traffic per affiliate instead of having 150 affiliates and four perform. I'd like one or two powerhouses in addition that could really change, change things. I think. So that's sort of where I'm going maybe this quarter, next, next quarter. And you're talking like the wire cutters, like the biggest affiliate brands that we know of, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it makes sense for for my demographic. So like my demographic are hunters. So um, obviously, I don't know. I I haven't really gotten into the big the big affiliates like the power like the like wire cutters of the world. If there are hunting specific or if they're outdoor specific or they're just so big, they do everything. I'm going to start getting into the weeds within the next couple of weeks to see if I can if they all fit or if there are some that are that are, are big powerhouses in their space in a specific niche or demographic or area. So yes, yeah, so I'm going to be looking for some of those big guys. Yeah. Just side note, f- free coaching here. Have you thought about reaching out to either podcast or YouTube channels since it's like potentially a whole other set of people and the reach that they yeah. have is amazing. So just curious if you thought about it. I did last year when I wasn't the same size as I was, so I think I had a less of a footprint. So it's definitely to be revisited. I did find that out of all of the big hunting podcasts I reached out to, I didn't even get a reply. And or I think I got one reply, and they wanted like a $5,000 product for free, just, you know, as payment. And like if it's $5,000 product, it cost me at least 4000 just to get it to them. That's a huge investment. But I'm doing a few other things now where I can afford to take those risks, maybe. So I'm going to revisit podcasts, definitely. Um, it didn't work in the past, but I wasn't at the same level as I am now. So it's. I think I can try that again. And it's hard sometimes because it is almost like a like mass media because some podcasts and YouTube channels have a huge reach, but maybe the listeners aren't super obsessive or they're not right in the market. So... Mm. I don't know, just an idea. So I'm, I'm sure you'll investigate and execute if it makes sense. So yeah, cheers. I know that y- you were going down the affiliate route and you mentioned, you know, hey, what, what if I maybe kind of push my own traffic? So can you tell us about that experiment? Yeah, so um, I did start a blog on WordPress and I don't, I don't understand WordPress at all. So now I have I have a guy called Dario that just takes care of that website for me. But I did really like the idea of uh, creating an affiliate website, and instead of referring, 
you know, to Amazon, refer to my store directly. So and so it would look like an again an unbiased review, but without like without making stuff up, you know, genuine reviews, but from a seemingly unbiased resource, let's say. And because my products aren't, you know, directly for hunting, but they're they're you know they're, they're very applicable. I don't get hunters knocking on my door, so I wanted to just have a wider net and have a hunting niche website that also talked about like a bunch of other products but um also mine and then refer them and yeah you'll know better than i do um you know you don't get traffic right out the gate it took me we started slowly getting traffic we we're doing like maybe four blog posts using the kgr it was it was a lot easier to use your your kgr process for that because we had we had, we had more opportunities to target different words instead of just going after one type of product specific keywords because it was hunting we, we even have blog posts about like how to train your hunting dog for example you know um so really really broad hunting material and even even going that broad and getting long tail low volume search you know search volume keywords producing a lot of content. The content is ranking now. And after about nine months, I started seeing my first couple of sales come in, which is great. Now, in the last three months, because it's been about a year, in the last three months, I'm getting about four or five sales a month from that website. But that's new. That, it wasn't like that for very long. So I'm hoping that continues to grow because that's if I could, if I could do that with one website, then I'll just make four or five and then, right. you know, and then I don't pay myself the referral fee. So, of course, yeah, that's pretty amazing. So, that and just thinking of you know the affiliate side, if a person started that site and they were mainly pushing these high ticket drop shipping type items, then they would make what was it, maybe a thousand bucks a month in about mm -hmm. a year. It just on on those products, but I imagine, are you also referring to other places for those other products that you don't have? So I was referring to Amazon because I figured if we're going to write about a lot of other stuff, we may as well, you know, create an Amazon Associates account and link it up to that. But that was just it was like pulling teeth. It was so it was so complicated. It was overly complicated. Not not the process, but. It kept locking me out. It kept telling me that I didn't recognize my user or something. There was always something wrong, something technical to fix. And it was more with my Amazon account rather than the links themselves. And it was just, and because I was doing all of this other dropshipping stuff, I really didn't want to be arguing about like my Amazon associates account. So I, I actually decided to, because Dario does a great job running the website and he has other websites as well, because he follows your course and he does, um, he does a lot of other websites in, so he offers it to me as a service. So I said to him, how about this? I still pay you your monthly fee. Um, you own, you, you put in your own Amazon link to all of those products, as long as you promise to concentrate on traffic going to my store, because that's the whole purpose of its existence. But if you get extra Amazon commissions, it, they're all yours. And he was like, are you sure? Cause that's, that's great for me. And I was like, then well, I'm removing the headache and you're just going to keep putting out great content and you're incentivized as well. So, so it's been a couple of months where he gets the Amazon commissions and I get the referrals to my website. Wow. That's uh yeah, that's an amazing deal. And it's funny you mentioned like having issues with the Amazon account and just it being a hassle since I say, Hey, it's probably one of the easiest ways to get started, blah, blah, blah. And 
a lot of people would think the drop shipping model is more complicated. You had to run ads mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, kind of funny. Do you happen to know how much he's making? Does he report back like, hey, we did really good and this, you know, on the Amazon no. side? No, I don't even ask him because I don't want to, I don't want it to be uncomfortable for him because if he has a great month, I mean, he might feel uncomfortable that okay. you know, I might, I might feel hard done by or something, which I don't, but I know for the first nine months for sure, it was, it was zero because there was also no traffic. So now I'm getting referrals to my store. I'm hoping he's getting referrals uh, sure. through it as well, because then that's good for him too. So gives Very him cool. something to focus on as well. Where did you find him? It was, I don't remember, but it was, it was in a Facebook group. Because I, I used to stalk a few of the Facebook groups that were like uh, niche pursuits and those those uh, Facebook groups where because when I realized I needed to learn um, before I contacted you, I was trying to stalk affiliate marketers because I figured I need to get organic traffic and I need to do it the way they do it because that's what they do. That's their bread and butter. So that they live and die by getting traffic. Uh, so I figured I need to think more like an affiliate marketer. So I'm going to just hang out in there. And I don't know how, but Dario reached out to me and offered to do some content writing for the website. He wrote a couple of blogs for me. And then I thought, well, how about we, what if, what if we do this? And then that's just your baby and you do that for me. And then you handle it. And I don't want to know as long as you just put the work in and then I can concentrate on dropshipping and you can build slowly, slow, slow burn this uh, website and, and see what happens. Um, so he reached out to me offering some writing services and it just went from there. Very cool. Moving on to the other sort of unconventional idea, you mentioned that you bought another brand out there. So how did that work? What gave you the idea and how do you envision this sort of sales funnel working? Yeah, so um, it sort of, it spawned out of, I would say out of accident really, because what I was thinking is, I was thinking I need more exposure and I need more exposure to hunters. So I figured, why don't I look for another store like mine but that's like pure hunting whether it's deer stands or uh, compound bows or you know st stuff like that right or trail cameras and i'll reach out to them and then and i'll offer to um i sell a product they get a discount on your store and vice versa and then we just cross promote each other okay and i figured that could be really good for both of us um so i reached out to a few stores and i didn't get any replies and People just didn't seem interested. And as I was going through a few of the a few of these websites, one guy just replied and said, "Actually, do you know what? I'm, I, I don't even get any traffic, so I'm I'm actually selling the store because I just don't want to close it. So so I'm just gonna sell it cheaply and then and then I'm done with it." I was like, "Well, how much are you gonna sell it for?" He asked for two k, and I thought, I mean, it could be in an expensive experiment if it goes wrong, but I figured, why don't I create the store and start to get traffic to that store organically, the way I've learned how to do from you on my main store. And if I can get traffic hunters to a hunting store, it should be easier. And then I'll just start introducing them to my other store, whether it's you buy a compound bow and, hey, do you want this also? Uh, get a 10% discount over here at our partner's website or something like that. Uh, so at the moment, what we're doing now is we own the store, it's live, and uh, we're producing about three pieces of content a week, two pieces, two or three pieces of content a week over there. And some of those com pieces of content in the last month, they've started ranking. So I'll start seeing traffic to 
this um, to this hunting store um, basically from now on and um, and if and it, it, you know we're, we're, we're selling products over there so if, if somebody if a product sells then I'll make a profit on that sale but the idea would be to I'm experimenting by using an e-commerce website to funnel traffic to another e-commerce website so i don't know anybody that's done that before so it's a bit of a weird experiment but if it works then i <laughs> if it works it's going to be great because because you know my products are not uh, for hunters so hunters are not looking so there's a very 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 small percentage of one percent actively looking for my product from the hunting world but compound bows for example or crossbows there's a lot of hunters actively looking for that sort of websites and stores and blogs and content. So I can throw out, cast a wider net and then introduce them through content or through special offers or through email marketing. So that experiment is started, but I think I won't know how successful it will be maybe for another six to 12 months. But it'll be interesting to know if, if, if something like that will actually work. I mean, it makes sense to me just from a sales funnel and finding customers, you know, they're already investing money in a hobby mm -hmm. and, you know, they're pretty obsessive. They're probably going to, you know, look for other things to get. So pre pretty cool idea. Yeah. And I can be collecting emails on that store as well. As, you know, as time, by, as time goes by, uh, the email list will grow and I can introduce them to like every third email could be you know, whatever, whatever product I want to introduce to them to. So um, it'll be a slow burn, like the affiliate marketing website, it's like the, the blog, the niche website. But uh, I mean, it's worth like 12 months from now, it could be a gold mine, or it could be, it could just take on its own legs and become its own store. And then I'll just start running it like a regular store. Um, so either way, I don't, I don't really see a negative to it. How much money, uh, I guess, profit was the site making like per month when you bought it? Because you mentioned you, you bought it for like 2000 bucks, which seems like yeah. kind of a huge bargain to me just for a working store. Yeah, so it wasn't making anything. It wasn't generating any traffic. It didn't have an email list. It had like 4,500 social media followers, which is which was good. I was able to tap into their Facebook and Instagram, which hasn't generated much traffic, but I, at least I'm able to get in front of them from from a different perspective as well. It's not it's not you know my store trying to you know jump in front of them. It's the store that they know and trust, you know, introducing other other things. So um, you know, it's again you know it's a, it'll require some nurturing, but uh, you know it's a long game, right? Yeah, it's super interesting because it's a strategic pur purchase where you you see a use for it that is much greater than just a site that makes no money. If it yeah. works out just a little bit, I mean, you can leverage the few sales into much larger sales, which is what you know you hope to do. Maybe you would make. I'm just making up numbers, but maybe you make a um, hundred dollars on the the sale from one of those uh you know hunting or outdoor products and then whenever you sell your your main product that's four or five thousand maybe you're making 10x that right so i, I see yeah. the path where it works out so yeah. yeah i don't i i think if i make two sales uh if i refer two sales to my main store i've made my money back like in in e-commerce business world let's say 
$2,000 is a ripoff because you're, the value of an, of an e-commerce store is like the net, the average net monthly profit. So if you, if you make like $100 a month, it's over the course of a year, if that's the average, then it's worth $1,200. So if you're making zero, in theory, the, the, the store is actually worth zero. And it's a cost because you have monthly fees to pay to Shopify, for example. But I see the, I see the, like the, the 12 month end goal. I think what it can be, I think $2,000 will, will be a no brainer a year from now. Yeah, I think so too. And it's interesting that you bring up the value of websites because that is, you know, on the affiliate side, usually it's based on profit too. You could purchase a website and if it's making, say, we'll just hopefully keep the numbers easy for me here. If it's making $100 profit per month, then maybe you could sell it for 30 times that. So I don't know if the values uh, hold up, but $100 per month, you could probably buy the site for about 3000 give or take. The age matters, the, the trajectory of the site matters. However, right, just like you said, 2000 is sort of a ripoff if it's not making any money because it's actually mm. a monthly liability and expense. Um, but, but on an affiliate site, you potentially have value in the content that's already on the site. You have some value in existing traffic and the age of the site, the age of the domain, backlinks. So there's some like intrinsic value where it's really hard to put a value on it unless you have yeah. a strategic way to use it. Or if you just happen to, to know, like, I mean, I think you looked at the site and you thought, well, I have another way to run this site and I know it's a successful way. If, you, if you're not paying for your traffic or you're, you know, you're taking the content approach, then often you're able to, um, you know, really change the math literally on the profit margin. So yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of interesting, but you are right. A, a website generally is going to be some sort of an ex- expense each month, each year, something like that. So, okay. Any other thoughts on, on this strategy? No, it's, it's sort of a, um, let's see how it plays out because, um, there's no precedent for buying an e-commerce store and using it as a marketing funnel. Usually you would buy an e-commerce store to try, try to make it generate sales. So it becomes a profitable asset. Um, we'll see. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an ongoing experiment that I won't, um, we'll, we'll see. Maybe on the, on the, our, our next catch up, we'll know if it worked or not. Yeah, definitely. So before we sort of finish up and hear about what you're going to be working on soon, how much time do you put into your business? Because the sheer amount of money that you're bringing in sounds like, man, you must be working 80 hour weeks or something like that. And I don't know Mm -hmm. the answer to this, but I know some people are workaholics and they just grind it out. But yeah, how often do you work, say, each week or month? What's your schedule like? Now it's pretty good because well, when we spoke last, I think it was like last November, about a year ago anyway, I was I was working like 100 hours a week and it was just, it was insane. Not that I was grinding 100 hours, but I was just constantly, I, I might be in Ahrefs or I was just on live chat or answering the phone and I was doing a lot of work. Um, now I work about an hour a day, something like that. But since the last time we spoke, I've hired five people. So I went from like a, a one man juggling show, spinning plates and sometimes breaking plates to now I've got like a team of five 
everybody's doing something else and I'm just there sort of checking in to make sure everything's okay. And I do more of the visionary, let's try this experiment sort of thing. Was it hard shifting gears and delegating? Um, it was very hard to give over the reins here, especially to customer service, because it took me a very long time to be comfortable talking to people on the phone about the products and sounding like I knew what I was talking about. It takes a very long time to become an expert. And then to just give somebody complete control of whether that conversion person is convinced or not to, to buy after the conversation, it was very hard. But I should have handed up the reins a year ago. Uh, it was just I just didn't have any... I don't have any SOPs in place and I was very, I just, I knew I needed help. I just didn't know how I could even give somebody the tools to do, to, to do a good job. So I ended up just always doing it myself. And then, but I got to a point that was just breaking point, breaking down, you know, burnout. Uh, I think last year, one time I even cried into my breakfast cereal first thing in the morning and I didn't even know I was crying. My wife was like, yeah, you're burnt out. You need help. I said, you might be right. <laughs> but uh, you, don't, you don't see it like, happening. It just comes to creep up on you over a long time. And then, uh, But now that everybody knows what their role is and they're all doing a really good job, they're all on Slack. If they need me, they message me. Otherwise, I just sort of log in, see how everybody's doing. I sort of throw ideas out to, the, to them, with, you know, depending on what their role is. And I say, what do you think about this? And then, and so I'm sort of steering the ship. So I could do an hour, an hour a day, two hours a day. And um, that's it, really. Can you tell Which us? Which is great. Yeah, that, I mean, that is absolutely amazing. Just to hand over control, be comfortable with it. And then, of course, see mm -hmm. the business grow so much and, and realize that like, oh, wow, that maybe would have been good to do a little sooner. Yeah. Can you tell us anything how much you, about how much you pay the, your, uh, your team? Yeah, so it, it does vary on the role. And um, so I've got... Um, I've got a guy who manages, um, so I, I've just started running paid traffic again. So I found I found a back door into running paid traffic. So it may not, it may not last, but uh, I found a way that I can run paid traffic. And because it's been so long, uh, I don't remember how to do it. And it's one of those skills that I don't want to go back and relearn. So I know a guy who's an expert at both Facebook and Google, and um, he earns $1,000 a month. And he manages the whole thing. And I've got uh, I've got two guys on customer service, and uh, they they range in between like the six seven hundred dollar a month um, for like live chat. So they're on the website. They answer live chat. They answer emails, and they'll send the they'll send an email to the supplier when we get an order. That sort of thing. All the things I used to do on a day to day. I've also got uh, I've got a girl. She's a rock star. She's my SEO expert. So I hired her to do all my content, and she 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 knows she knows your processes very well. So it was a very easy transition. During the interview, she she knew exactly everything you talk about, uh, how to target you know um, like the KGR and siloing and how to you know it's because she, she's she's been doing it for a while. So that was very easy to uh, hand over once I saw the work she was doing. So. Um, she does that full time for me. So, so it's great. In fact, once I got out of my own way, I'm able to do a better job because I might have put out one piece of content a month or, or maybe not, maybe not even that much. 
she can put out three or four pieces of content a week and she's getting backlinks the whole time. Every time she, you know, she's getting two or three backlinks a week, that's not the sort of volume I would have been able to do because my whole time was answering phones and answering live chat and email until I fall asleep because my store is in the US and I'm in Italy. So if I fall asleep at one o'clock in the morning, it's still daytime in the US. So I'm missing, you know, I'm missing sales and missing calls and missing chats. So I was the bottleneck. Um, so we're actually producing a lot more. It's like a well-oiled machine now once I just got out of the way. It's funny how that works. Very cool. Well, what's coming up for the store? You mentioned you're hoping to get into some bigger affiliate uh, websites and just grow via, you know, I guess, whales out there. So, yeah, what's the plan with that? So um, a few weeks ago, I was talking over Facebook Messenger with one of my affiliates. Uh, he's, 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 he's the guy who gets sends more sales to me than anybody. And he does a really good job. And I'm just one of his one of his uh, stores that he refers to. Um, he's a he's doing a really, really good job. And he just said in passing, he said something along the lines of, you know, John, I think if you were to just make it a little bit more aesthetically appealing, I think you'd be able to attract some of the bigger affiliates. And it just got me thinking. And then the, the idea just wouldn't leave me. So um, I think it's time to uh, give the website a facelift. So I'm, I'm going to be on a call with uh, with a... Um, Shopify partner tomorrow and uh, we're going to see if it makes sense to completely redo the store maybe maybe around December January time when it's very low season and um, try to make it just a more professionally uh, just a better looking website because e-commerce stores can look a bit I don't know cheap and the store hasn't been touched for about two years, so it could do with a facelift with the intention of then if it is sharper, more polished, and maybe the offer is a bit clearer, those sort of things, uh, maybe I will be able to uh, bag a few of those or even one or two of those big behemoths in the affiliate world. Because um, I think just one of them would make a difference. For sure. And what, what about like long term? Do you envision selling the any portion of the company or in cashing out or are you thinking hey i could stick with this for a really long time i want to grow it like what's your what's your intent i don't plan on selling anytime soon um i guess the idea would be to sell eventually but less now more than ever because when i got to that last august I hit 100k and it was like the first time I hit 100k in a month and I thought oh my god like this is it I mean I, I figured it was a glass ceiling to it and that was it um, and I thought if I can just keep it at this but I was burnt out I'm being burnt out and I was thinking how much is this store worth now you know maybe maybe it's it's worth considering and that was just a few a few short months later and then like 100 100k that's a week now so if I had sold the store back then, it, well, now it's a completely different story. But what I find is, is that I never had a clear vision of how big the store could be or how big the business could be, whether it's more stores. And now I'm starting to expand the idea that, well, if this is possible, what else is possible? How far can I take this? So for now, I'm just going to see how far I can take it, see how big it can get um, and, and still have it manageable because my goal is to not you know, run myself into the ground but also make it as profitable as possible. Um, and I really do feel good 
that I'm hiring five people. I started hiring people during the whole COVID thing when people were being laid off, which also helped find actually finding good talent because agencies were losing clients in the US and they were letting off their contractors. And, and I, I think I just happened to be hiring people at the right time. And I feel really good about being able to pay people salaries. And um, so I feel like I have a responsibility now, whereas before it was just me. So I don't plan on selling. Maybe a couple of years from now, that'll be a different conversation. But I just want to see how far I can grow it. And and then do I go sideways? Do I open another store and then just repeat the process with the existing team and start all over again? Rinse and repeat, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. The, the options depends on my mood, really. <laughs> well, it seems like you're having more fun now since you have the team in place and like you said, you're more of a visionary and yeah, like it looks like you're just having a good time, you know, trying new stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Cause now I'm in that, like what I used to enjoy doing was the experimental marketing things like, Oh, I wonder if this would work and then go and figure it out. But then when you're bogged down with customer service stuff, because that's the, that's the stuff that needs to happen. Um, I wasn't able to do any of that, but now I can. So I enjoy it a lot more because it's more of that, uh, the marketing part is is the interesting part for me. How do I how do I get more organic traffic? Because um, that does actually light me up. It makes me it starts the wheels turning. So you know, I find that really interesting. So if I can just do that, then I'll just keep doing it. That's awesome. Well, thanks, John, for joining us. And people can't follow you anywhere because you're just under the radar doing your thing, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just all right. Just keep going. All right. Yeah, I'm not doing anything. I don't have anything to offer. So, uh, very cool. Awesome, man. Always good catching up, and we'll have you back on before too long. Great, though. It was great catching up with you. We'll see you uh, round three the next time. See where I am. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Doug. Thanks again to John for taking the time to chat with me. Always great to catch up and hear what you're working on. I am more than impressed with the growth in your business and how you've been able to execute and adapt and then outsource. I think that is a huge lesson when you look back and you you read the four hour work week again. If you go back and reread those old older books, you know, circa 2007, 2007, I guess we call it. Tim Ferriss, when he outsourced, he was able to grow the business quite a bit. He was way less stressed out. And that's what we hear from John as well. Very cool. And it's interesting once you kind of get out of your own way and trust other people and delegate, things can grow. You can actually be the CEO and visionary and, you know, let things sort of grow, not naturally, but you can push things along in in a better way. As we mentioned, you know, John's off the radar, you can't really follow him anywhere. So if you do me a favor, or if you want to do me a favor, it would be fantastic if you shared this story, uh, forward this podcast to people. I think it's it's pretty cool from where John came from just a few years ago and has been able to grow into, uh, I mean, he, he didn't mention it, but if I do the math, I mean, this is over, you know, a million dollars per year, I, I would say. It's pretty fantastic. So anyway, you have a good day out there.
We'll catch you on the next episode. I have some other fantastic stories coming up, and I'm, I'm really excited to bring some of these case studies out to you. 